0: Because if I made up my mind, it's happening anyway. And as far as people with negative thoughts, I probably don't have those type of people in my life.
1: The time has come to live your life to the fullest. It's time to embark on a new journey, a journey that leads to emotional growth and mental freedom. Welcome to the Art of Living with your
0: host, Dave Clinton.
1: Welcome to the Living Show. I'm your host, Dave Clinton. Uh, usually you start a podcast off with uh, one of those intros as to what the podcast is going to be about, I should say. So my platform will be following my journey through mental development. This show will be me being like totally transparent and exposing my insecurities while in the process of, of having talks with people that I respect who make life-changing decisions. So my first guest is someone that wasn't warm and fuzzy about me when he first met me, but eventually I won him over, and I'm blessed to have him, someone I call a friend, person that taught me emotional discipline. I'm gonna take the in-law off and call it what it is, my brother, and I'm proud to say my sensei, Ben Jackson. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, Dave, how you doing today? (laughs) I like the professional voice, we're doing good out here. So, one thing I kind of like admired about you is the level of detail. You don't just go by what you hear, or like what you read. When it comes to the topic, you research it on a granular level. When you told me about tackling a subject I wanted to learn, you said you kind of go at it like you're trying to obtain like a bachelor degree. And uh, that shit impacted me on so many different levels. Because how do you develop like that mentality? Like how do you
0: how do, how do you go about that? Oh, that's a deep question. How do I <laughs> go about developing that? I got to say it was really just a thirst for knowledge. When I wanted to learn something, like you said, you could you could take somebody's word for it. You could read a little something, but that didn't quite give me the full depth of knowledge that I wanted. So I don't know when it started or if it's always been like that, but I just keep on diving deeper until I feel like I've got a good grasp. I can't, I, I can't remember where I heard this, but I heard this once. It was something like, you're not really comfortable knowing something until you can explain it to somebody else. Mm. So until I felt like I really learned it, I wasn't really comfortable. It was usually something that I had to make a life decision on, or a, a large purchase, or a, a choice, and I didn't want to go into it foolhardy or or too quick.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's always like it's. I think small things are important to me. Like small things is like stress watch should say to me, I could be going to Best Buy to buy a damn TV, and I'm like. I got everything I felt that this is the TV. And while I'm swiping my call, I'm still like, shit, I don't know if this is the TV. Like, damn, it, it's too late. <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm just like, all right. it, it kind of turned out. But I still have that anxiety, even though you kind of like go through all the steps of thinking that you have all the information. So I guess at some point, you just got to be comfortable with here's all the
0: information. I feel like I, I did my due diligence and I'm pulling the trigger. I think you kind of nailed it there. It's- it's almost eliminating as much as you can that, that level of doubt that you have going into a decision and knowing that you've done your due diligence.
1: Absolutely. Definitely. But I kind of want to touch on not that many people would just like, all right, let's, I mean, maybe I should bring it back. Maybe I should bring it back as far as how many different martial arts have you practiced and what made you feel like Krav this is it. Like, this is different than any other thing I've, I've taken as far as martial arts. And this is the one I'm sticking with because X, Y, Z.
0: That's another good question. I'd have to roll it over in my head how many I've tried. I'd say at least, at least four or five different arts before settling on Krav Maga. And to be honest, they were all different types of Kung Fu. So how I settled upon it was kind of a long journey, but really some of the Kung Fus I took were beautiful and strong and enjoyable. All of them were great, but I felt along the way that some of them were more useful to me on a street level than others. So they all had great philosophy type levels or physical levels, getting in shape, feeling good, flexibility. But there was only a couple of them that really felt like they prepared me better to handle myself on the street. And I kind of fell into Krav Maga with uh, Master Ramos. He was a friend of a friend, and I got introduced. And just taking some of the classes right off the bat, I felt this was something that was really super applicable to, to real-life scenarios. So really, it wasn't so much a, a journey as much as a choice. Taking the class, it just felt immediately right. It felt like the thing that I had been looking for, even though I didn't know I was looking for something, mm. if that makes sense.
1: No, no, definitely on it. I mean, I guess it's something like when I first was playing golf, it was kind of like I compare everything to golf. So, when I was you,
0: first you'll was, hear yeah, a lot of that. Yeah,
1: you'll hear a lot of golf on this podcast. <laughs> it's that feeling you get, like I played soccer, I played basketball, played some tag football, whatever. But nothing felt the same as like when you hit it square in the face of that club. Is something lights up in your brain. Like something like, mm-hmm. damn, I want to do this more. So I'm thinking like, I don't know what it was. Maybe you just got your first knee to the adamant. and you was like, I like this. Like this, this, is, <laughs> this is a good time.
0: <laughs> I know that feeling you're talking about. Well, I don't know it from golf because I've never really hit a golf yeah. ball that well. But I know that feeling when you do that, at least for me, it's a physical endeavor. You do that physical thing. And it just feels so perfect. You know you hit the ball out of the park. You know you threw that punch just perfectly. And I think, for me, that happened early on in martial arts. Right off the bat, okay, this martial art thing is where I need to be going. With the Krav Maga, I had already had that feeling about martial arts, throwing a kick, throwing a punch, making a block, doing a technique. So it wasn't that this one really... Struck me, ah, the, the heavens opened up type of thing on that physical, I nailed it type of level. It was more just on a mental, this is the thing that I think I'll enjoy the most.
1: So transitioning to the dojo, and by the way, the dojo is crazy. Like, I've been here from the beginning, so seeing it transition to what it is now is like astounding. I felt like from, it went from one week from just a rug and maybe some, some boxing gloves to a mat to a heavy bag, to pull up bars, to like every, it just, it felt like overnight. I know it wasn't overnight because I was there in the beginning, but how is that planning something that big? How do you structure that? And how do you feel, okay, I'm, you can't like, I don't think you can just research it out and feel like, okay, I'm making the best decision. I feel like it's more kind of,
0: this is what I wanna do and I feel like it's gonna work out. Well, I got to tell you, hopefully this isn't a disappointing answer, but I don't think I had a master plan. It kind of grew much more organically. And uh, again, skipping back to the beginning, I want to thank you personally. Like you said, you were there from the beginning. And honestly, without you, I probably wouldn't have had this school. I probably wouldn't have built this school. You were the first student that approached me to say, hey, would you like to train with me? I was honored then, I'm honored now. And you're right, when we first started, it was in my basement, has a rug, (laughs) and I was just winging some techniques at you. And really, it was the growth of what I needed to make a good class, to make a, a good workout for us, to teach you something that kind of spurred the development of adding the floors, adding the mats, getting the equipment. And as far as the plan, believe it or not, Pretty early on, I started developing the curriculum that I, that I wanted to go with, and I started piecemealing what I needed to add to the school to facilitate the next class that I was teaching. So until I needed to have you with some boxing gloves, punching a bag, I didn't bother going out to get a bag. I concentrated on making the next class until we were looking to do some throws and some takedowns. I didn't need the high quality floor or the throwing mats. So I didn't bother with those. And it kind of, like I said, just kind of grew organically from what was needed to to progress. So for me,
1: the part that comes a little bit challenging for me is when you have to kind of have that blind faith that this is going to work, because your mind is such an interesting thing. It's going to tell you nah, this just not going to work. Like, you're going to need X amount of dollars to get this heavy bag. You're going to need flooring. Where are you going to get this money from? Like, your mind goes through a million things on why this is not going to work. It's like the biggest hater in the world. It's like, nah, that's, that's you shouldn't do that. You should just come lay down and call the night, bro. You you straight. You're done. How do you get past that thinking? Like Or, or do you even have that thing? And do you even have that thing where it's like, damn, is this
0: going to work? Yeah, I got to tell you. And I talk about this a lot in class, that inner dialogue, that inner voice being your best friend and you have to make it be your best friend because if it's going to work against you, if it's going to be an enemy or a hater, I mean, that voice is with you 24-7 and you know, we talk about surrounding yourself with good people. You can't have somebody that's a negative influence in your life as one of your best friends. Well, this voice is your best friend with you from the second you wake up to the second you go to sleep constantly talking in your ear. And if that voice isn't helping you out, man, you have to fix that. But to answer the question directly, believe it or not, that was never a question in my head. I never had, not that I don't have negative thoughts because I'm sure everybody you know, has to have that battle, but I never had those thoughts of this isn't going to work or how are you going to come up with the money or how are you going to make this happen? It was really just, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to push ahead and do it. And it wasn't an inner struggle with the dialogue of how's this going to work or can this happen or will it be successful? It was just, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going.
1: You hit on an important thing. Like, I think friends or having important friends, you definitely got to be your own best friend because if, if if you don't believe, then no one else is going to have that power to believe in you, too. But segue into your friends, like, how did your friends feel when you told them about this idea?
0: That's funny. I think the type of person I am, almost going back to that, studying up, getting that bachelor degree on, on any decision I'm going to make. I'm, I won't say I'm private, but I keep a lot of things close to the vest.
1: No shit. Really? <laughs> didn't yeah, you so. That, I think
0: so. <laughs> so I probably didn't tell anybody besides Master Ramos asking permission to be able to teach. I'm sure I told my wife that I was planning on doing something but I'm sure I didn't give her the full scope of what So
1: your wife didn't even know?
0: Uh she knew that we were working out. I don't know that she knew that I was planning on making a school and having a base of students and really progressing people along. You know, I'm sure I filled her in with the details as it went along but I don't think I went ahead and called up my people and said, "Hey, guess what? I'm I'm going to try to make a bunch of students and we're gonna have classes on this and this and this day, and I'm gonna turn a section of my house into a school, and I'm gonna get all this equipment. That wasn't something I started really putting out. You know what? You're right. I play it way too close to the vest. I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody knew. I, to I don't think anybody knew until I came down and took a look.
1: I'm like, like man, what is going on over here? here? I didn't even know your wife was pregnant. I came over <laughs> the crib like, yo, is your wife pregnant? You're like, yeah, yeah, you didn't know. I'm like, dude, you ain't tell me. It's eight and a half months. She <laughs> ready to have it, baby. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have another one, man. But yeah, do you do that by this design or was it something that you had a bad taste in your mouth? Somebody
0: just hated and you don't really want to know people's real thoughts? I think it's mostly personality. I don't think it's a design of, because I'm not afraid of what somebody's negative thoughts are going to be. Because if I've made up my mind, it's happening anyway. And as far as people with negative thoughts, I probably don't have those type of people in my life. If I've got a really dumb idea, I'm expecting my good friends to say, hey, listen, that is stupid. But I don't hear too much of that. It's more, have you considered this or what about that? And a lot of times the have you considered, the answer is no. And what about that? I have already worked through those type of roadblocks. But yeah, I think it's much more a personality trait than a defense mechanism or uh, not wanting to hear negative feedback or something like that?
1: I'm kind of the same way, but I think it was just for maybe like different reasons. I don't know where yours stem from. I think mine stems from the fact that my environment, like where I grew up, you kind of kind of have to keep things close to the vest because you never, it's hard sorting out who's who and what's that person's intentions. Mm-hmm. So you'd probably keep bad friends instead of making new friends because at least you know it's some consistency to them. The devil, you know, <laughs> like, type of thing. Exactly. Like, you're not trying to pick up a new bad friend. Like, oh, <laughs> let me go take this new whack dude on. Like, what, what kind of hate you going to throw my way? So I think that's where it stems from. For me, now I'm kind of learning how to, like, be comfortable sharing ideas with people. Because I was kicking it with somebody I, I'm currently friends with. And he was like, listen, a minute, if you can't run an idea by people then you probably shouldn't be hanging out with them. They're not the type of people. He's like, anytime I share ideas with my people, mm-hmm. they not only will me to it, but they go and, and put me and align me with people that can make it happen faster. Yep. So that was something that I kind of was like, man, like to your point, I'm I'm kind of hanging with more people and more people that are kind of pushing me towards things, doing things and being more out there and being more transparent. And this platform was like one of those things that I kind of felt like, I'm just going to be transparent. I'm just going to be open because I feel like a lot of people are insecure, but they're scared to say it. Like, so they, everyone, we in the era like everybody trying to act like they got it together and they want to jump on the gram or they want to jump on Facebook. And in reality, they're sad as shit mm-hmm. and just don't want to admit it.
0: So, yeah. And that Facebook is a is mask that they're wearing to portray that they're not sad or hurting inside. Exactly. Talk about keeping it close to the vest. Let me just tell you all. I had no idea Dave was doing a podcast until he said, hey, would you mind um, let me interview for this podcast? So uh, talk about not running anything by anybody. I had no idea you were doing this. Good Um, looks. And and this kind of, to me, this embodies the making it happen type of attitude. I didn't know you were into it. I didn't know you wanted to do it. But my guess and I haven't even talked to you about it, but my guess is that you made the decision that you wanted to do it, you thought it would fulfill you in some way, and then you went after it a thousand percent. And here's the proof of it.
1: Absolutely. I just felt I talked to a lot of people, like I talked to a dude at work, and he was kind of running down to me how he kind of felt uncertain about certain things. And I was telling I was thinking about podcasts together based on like how people make power moves in life. And what are the hurdles they encounter and like, how do they get over it? And he was like, I would definitely listen to something like that because that's what he struggles with. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. Like a lot of people struggle with how do I get past this internal dialogue? Mm -hmm. But you don't want to be outed and you don't want to look like you don't have your shit together when the person next to you probably doesn't even have their shit together and everyone's acting like this, but no one's just being honest so that we can all get to a better place and an honest place and figure some shit out. And, and, and the norm is people are insecure, but people act like they're so secure in who they are. But that's what I liked about coming to McGraw. It, it, it was kind of like a place where you kind of like search and, and, and seek out humility. Like that kind of resonated with me because everything I was reading was about humility and having an empathy, not empathy for just yourself, but having empathy for the other person. And, and that kind of like changed how I I looked at relationships, relationship with my wife, relationship with my kids. Like it just really just changed things because when you have empathy in a situation, you're not talking reckless. Like you're not, that's not the objective. The objective is to, to forgive yourself and understand the other
0: person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So, Chronicle God was just another thing that kind of like helped me gravitate towards that and being here would do help me get there faster. Like it kind of accelerated the process. I kind of also feel too that the planning, like you said in the beginning, just to wheel it back, to bring it back the plan in the beginning, you said you was kind of like throwing it together. I never felt that at all. Like in my mind, I was always asking you questions, but you probably didn't. You never really like caught on and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just throwing it together like this. Like, and then you was showing me the level of classes that you had mm-hmm. and how you put together belts. Like this man had classes five years out. Man, I couldn't even put together a plan for a month. And I'm looking at it like, this dude got five years of classes. How the hell do you do that? Like, what, how do you put that together? Like, my mind couldn't fathom that.
0: Yeah, well, in my defense we were working out once a week. So all I had to do was get one class together. And then I had a week to get more and to just stay ahead of that game. So, you know, within three or four classes, I had a month of time by myself between work and family, et cetera, et cetera, to develop the next steps. So again, I've been taking different martial arts for a couple decades now. I've been in the Krav Maga for probably about a decade. It wasn't too big of a struggle to figure out how I wanted to progress a new student through the art and then just kind of break down what steps were needed to do that next. I just wrote everything down and and kept on tweaking it. To be perfectly honest, I have an outline for years in advance, but I'm still building curriculum for you ahead of you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You're you're my you know you're the the student I've been with the longest. So everybody else that's taking classes with me are doing the classes that you've helped me troubleshoot, in other words. And I've got classes set up ahead for you, but I don't have everything all set up. I don't have the exact drills that we're going to do. I don't have the exact order I'm going to do stuff. And um, you're progressing fast enough where I've I really got to keep ahead of you yeah. as we go along. That's,
1: that's good to hear. You hear that, Marisa? Because <laughs> I always hate on Marisa. Like <laughs> Marisa's my sister-in-law. So I always hate on because she takes she takes I'm going go with Ben too. So I'm always checking what belt she has. I'm like, what belt you on? I'm like, all right, I'm still above you. You need to respect me. <laughs> <laughs> You probably need a picture of Bruce Leroy up in here too, man. I feel like it's, I might have to change some things. Yeah, man. You need Bruce Leroy up in here. That was like the first black into into the dragon, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people how many people are gonna land with that uh, that Bruce Leroy <laughs> reference, Bruce Leroy. but
1: but those that will,
0: they just got a big <laughs> smile.
1: Oh man, but I want to thank you, man. Like, thank you for McGraw and bringing that into my life. That kind of like helped with a lot of like discipline and a lot of self confidence and. This is like a lot of different things, man. It's just Even these talks, we have these talks without a mic. The only thing that's different now is, uh,
0: is the microphone and- Is we're recording it. Yeah, yep. and we're yep. recording it. You're welcome, man. And it's mutual admiration society over here because I don't know if you know the amount of growth that you've helped me with. Just starting the school again wouldn't have happened without you, I'm pretty sure. But a lot of the things that you come and force me to think about or ask me a question on or- Tell me what what you're working on or trying to progress with your life has also helped me. It's kind of like we're helping each other up a, two separate ladders. You know, then, you give me a, a hand up over here, and then I'm pulling you up over here. And I really have to thank you for a lot of the, a lot of the effort you bring into to the classes, but just a lot of the thought and the drive that you have for bettering yourself. And it's really helped me better myself as well. It's almost Kind of like you were talking about with Marisa, with uh, trying to stay ahead of her. You know, uh, I got I got to try to keep up with you, and you're trying to keep yeah. up with me. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Absolutely. So, my, like my thing, I'm gonna try to end every podcast with a quote. So I was reading "Born a Crime" Trevor Noah's book mm-hmm. with my daughter, because he, he actually did something I felt like it was genius. He has an adult book and he has a tween book, so he made the same book, but he made it different versions. Of the same book for kids and for adults so he's kind of reading it together and i told him this was one of my favorite parts of the book and i quoted it and he said i don't regret anything i've ever done in life any choices i've ever made but i'm consumed with regret for the things i didn't do the choices i didn't make the things i didn't say we spend so much time being afraid of failure afraid of rejection but regret is the thing we should fear the most failure is the answer Rejection is an answer. Regret in the, is an internal question you would never have an answer to.
0: That's deep. I, 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 deep, really deep. Ha, I really have to uh, agree with that. And uh, man, now you, now you put me in a sad mood on that one. <laughs> man, all my regrets. <laughs> man, you can't. No. There's drinks here, man. You can't, be, you can't have regrets with drinks. Well, you can. I suppose. But, but you're going waste drinks, man. No, that, that's right, man. You, you, know, you, can, you can learn from a, quote, mistake. You can learn from everything that's happened to you in your life. But something you regret, something that you didn't do, then you'll never know what type of successes or failures you would have made going down that path. And that's a tough thing to swallow. And you can't take that back. Absolutely. So the thing you didn't say, the thing you didn't do, that's a lost chapter in that book. That's just going to leave you to wonder. And that that is a tough one. That is the thing you should fear the most.
1: So you might as well go with it. And on that note, then, we out of here, man. Thank, Thank you, you, B. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely, my brother. Great as always. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we out of here.